recipe Read at episode 53 went four years ago We were really drunk Never thought we'd make it past episode 6 And now here we are Who would have thought? Thanks for stopping episode 53 rate and views on itunes you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on instagram at yellow packaging 604 You're listening to Yellow Packaging by Jesslyn and Colton. We're two Asians born and raised in Vancouver, living our lives through the perspective of a growing minority. Our podcast is about nothing, about something, and about everything. We talk about issues going on in our lives, our city, and how that relates back to our place in a Western society. So sit back, listen up, and get a new view on what it's like. Get a new view on what it's like to live in Vancouver. To live in Vancouver. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, you beat me to it again. <laughs> Two in a row. <laughs> Two in a row. <laughs> if you hit the third one, you win. Ooh, what do I get? You get these dried olives that oh, I made you eat. Fantastic. I can't wait to win again. <laughs> so these dried olives, Funky if nobody treats. knows, is old Chinese men candies, essentially. Do they have a name in Chinese? No, and I'm trying to find the name because I've been trying to Google it and like figure out like what the history of it is and where it came about. Did you um, use Google Translate on the packaging? there is no packaging it's like bulk it's like bulk candy oh so the packaging that i saw right now that's like a generic bag they give yeah, you and it, fill up with yeah so you get to fill it with all the goodies yummy snacks <laughs> yeah. so the place that i went to is like when you whenever you go to chinatown and stuff there's like these little herb stores that sell like all kinds of weird crazy shit like dried turtles and dried frogs and stuff yeah but, it has like a funky <laughs> smell when you pass yeah. by like chinese medicine stuff but uh Fun fact, if you're really into weird Chinese dried licorice fruits, you can get that there too. And I made Jocelyn try some dried olives that were licorice and candied, and then some different kinds of dried and licorice Fruit. plums. Yeah, uh, plums, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the olive one I have to say is, um, I'm still thinking about how funky it is. Yeah, it's very, it's a funky, medicinal, sweet, sour. It's... Yeah, kind of starbursty, but <laughs> not really at all. Uh, but don't expect starburst if you do decide to try it. Yeah, I guess our description of certain sweet <laughs> snacks are missing the mark. Yeah, but um, I think the closest thing you can get is in Hawaii. They have something similar. They call it lihing, which is like a salty, sweet. Um, so they it's is like it this still powder. olive. Yeah, no, no, but it's like a powder, like a dried plum powder. Okay, and it's derived from Chinese uh, kind of uh, herbs and stuff. But they they sprinkle it all over like their candies and stuff. So it has like this salty, sweet candy taste. Because like okay. you can buy like Lee Hing um, candied worms or Lee Hing uh, Sour Patch Kids. Oh, interesting. I've yeah. never had it. It's called plum powder, essentially. I don't know if you heard of Where that. Where else would you put it? Um, Where would I You can eat it? it with mango. Like they, they, So it's pretty popular in like Southeast Asia. Okay. And stuff like that. But yeah. Anyways, I love that stuff. It's salty, sweet, funky, umami kind of. It's like, how do you even get turned on to that? Oh, I guess you're saying yeah. your dad. Yeah, my dad was... But like a regular person. Yeah, 
you don't i mean those who don't know don't know about it yeah i don't anticipate that these things are going to be around for much longer as like chinatown kind of starts you know shuddering we're gonna just go to richmond yeah i don't know maybe but anyways they're old man treats that i made jocelyn eat and i don't know if she loved them but i, I did love them <laughs> she asked he asked him oh are, are you gonna probably eat this at home it's probably not it's a lot of work to eat yeah there's a huge pit in the middle just it, like a sharp of, yeah a huge pit in the middle <laughs> Kind of like a, a dried calistrovano, castrovano, or whatever you call those, those big green olives. Yeah, with a dagger in the middle. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, how have you been? Uh, pretty good. Pretty can, good. Can you believe that as of next week, it's going to be September? I know. I saw the calendar. Someone told me it's <sighs> going to be September next week. I was like, no, no, no. It's like in two weeks. Yeah, I've been getting the end of summer blues as we draw nearer to September. Like, <sighs> you notice these things, you know what I mean? Like. A couple days ago, I was like, it's nine o'clock and it's dark already. Oh, mine is the leaves. I was like, why are there so many leaves on the <laughs> ground? Where these leaves come from? Yeah, exactly. And then the temperatures just aren't warm anymore. Yeah. We're like low 20s, high teens now. It's really sad. I think it was um 16 today. Yeah. I mean, I know that we need it because of everything going on in the interior with the forest fires and stuff. So we need that cooler weather and that wetter weather. The wetter wetter? The, Sweater, the, the wetter, wetter wetter? The wetter wetter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. I'm I'm sad. Like, it's... They some... say August is the Sunday of the week. It is. It literally is. It I was really like, feeling fuck it. fuck summer. I know. And then once, like, November and December come around, it's just going to be gray and dark and depressing. But I don't know. Maybe it's time to think about, like, what are some, you know, winter things that we can do to turn that frown upside down. I'm, um yeah no that's a good idea i'm hoping that maybe with global warming that maybe <laughs> we'll get a, a heat wave in september and october oh, yeah, it'll be summer all the way <laughs> yeah. through december yeah but you know what and then come january the earth is dead yeah yeah exactly. and we're all dead yeah i'd love to see that happen no, for, for selfish reasons i just gotta move somewhere sunny like la but la's going through their own problems anyway so essentially there is no cure for this <laughs> we just have to accept that season doesn't last very long in vancouver maybe there's other things too it's like um what's something we can only do in the fall pumpkin patch like, oh god i haven't done that in so long okay, that see, there <laughs> the pumpkin patch maybe i just say it like that or the train in stanley park yeah not my thing uh, you can't do I mean you can still do outdoorsy things but you're frozen and yeah. I hate being cold you have to think about layers and you have to think about an umbrella like it's wet and cold and dark that's all yeah. I can think about although I do love the smells of fall I don't okay. know it's like, like the Halloween smells like the smell of a pumpkin like a jack-o'-lantern yeah I know and just call it like a crispy, yeah, crispy. fresh yeah. smell I know I know what you mean I do miss that yeah but definitely I love the easy breezy cover girl of summer <laughs> <laughs> oh we're gonna miss you summer who knows though like yeah, exactly. i don't know what september is gonna look like could be what they call a indian summer yeah that's racist but... i know but is it like <laughs> no, what's a... I, I was so scared <laughs> to say it. <laughs> i don't even know what that even means we never get an indian summer though. we have though we have? yeah did we like, get it last year we get longer summers i think so yeah but did we get it last year, though, is what I'm asking. Oh, last year? I don't think so. I think it was, like, regular. Does the Indian summer can... actually last in September? Or is it October? No, it, yeah, and it goes into, like, September into October. It's, like, a warmer. Okay, so, so the, tell me. the definition. The term Indian summer, which has been part of the language for over two centuries, refers to the heat wave that occurs in North America in autumn. 
The sudden rise in temperature is accompanied by dry and hazy conditions. Yeah. But now Indian summer also can be referred to as a happy period that occurs late in one's life or career. Okay, well, I'm yeah. not going to have in that Indian summer. <laughs> okay, I'll have so. have the first one. Maybe I'll, you know, do some witchcraft and hope that maybe you yeah. get. <laughs> what can you do with those tarot cards? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Summon uh, Indian summer. Yeah, exactly. Not racist. Yeah. So, I, last time we talked, I, I said, like, okay, what are your bucket list things that you still want to do for the summer? Do you feel like now that summer officially ends next week <laughs> it doesn't september 21st yeah, that's really true. yeah technically i'm just being dramatic but are there still things that you want to do that you have haven't done yet um have you oh i got an update for you okay uh i don't know i i feel like i've done a lot this summer considering yeah. so you feel happy like yeah that you you made the most of the summer and when it goes you could you know Say I do when too. it's gone next yeah. week, I'll be yeah. like, "Yeah, that was a good time. Now we can all die." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, I, I do. Um, for your bucket list was I remember, not bucket list, but summer recommendation was to go watch a movie. Yes. So I did that. Yeah. Since I watched the movie called The Green Knight with Dev Patel. Um, I caught like a nine thirty p.m. showing, a late night showing, and it was actually really empty. Yeah. Yeah. It was see, great. It's nice. I felt pretty. I was a bit nervous, and I like really hummed and hawed about it. But then I was like, forget it. I'm just gonna. I had to eventually bite the bolt sooner or later. So, yeah. And there's only like six people in the theater. Everybody was spaced. You can choose your own seat. Yes. And it was nice. I liked so it. was um your theater? Did they block out seating? Yeah. Like they so. Put- tape or whatever on it oh no they didn't do that but what happens is when you book a seat the seat beside you to the left and right get blocked out as well oh fantastic yeah that's so great so international village the cracktown mall of chinatown vancouver is (laughs) is a great place to go watch a movie if you are thinking about it yeah no it is a great venue it just never amounted to anything yeah exactly you know what i mean which is pretty common for that mall like that mall there's another mall in the suburbs called Crystal Mall, and then another another oh, mall. Oh, yeah, I was thinking about the one that never transpired <laughs> yeah. in Surrey. So yeah, there's one in Burnaby, there's one in Surrey that never transpired, and there's one in Coquitlam that is also a dead mall called Henderson Mall. But they're all owned by the same person. It's like these malls that are just awkward, weird malls with nothing in them. Oh, strange. I didn't know they were all owned by the same person. Yeah. So what they're just like... Babe, I just want like a million miles. They're like, do it. And they're like, oh, it's just like too much work. They're like, what are you putting in here? Oh, let's throw a theater in here. So a Chinese stuff on this one. This yeah. one needs a yeah grocery store. Let's do it. But do you find that like as at the age that you are now living downtown, do you still feel like a mall, like that, 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 that urge to go to a mall and hang out at a mall and like shop at a mall? Or do you create, do you like more like the, like the Robson Street experience, like the street experience, the boutique experience? Yeah, no, I, I'd say the latter. Like, yeah. I'm never thinking, like, oh, let's go to the mall. And when we do go to the mall, I think of, like, Metrotown. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's go to a real mall. Like, yeah, exactly. like an arcade in it. And, uh, yeah. well, they have a movie theater Like a modern there too. mall. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, right? Like, I think probably people who live in the suburbs, there is still that mall culture there. Like, let's go to the mall. Yeah. But I think when you live in the city, like downtown, it's like that mall culture isn't as strong anymore. You know what's kind of nice is you've been to Park Royal Mall, yes. like over, th- like that one's yeah. indoor outdoor. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's kind of nice. It feels like you're yeah. away. You're not really in totally the but city. That's the thing, though, right? It's like North Vancouver, as modern as it's still a suburb, and because it's a suburb, it's very car focused, right? Yeah. And because of that, 
you don't have shopping streets per se. I mean, you'll have pockets of it. Like there is a downtown North Vancouver, right, where people shop. Oh yeah, where the what's it called shipyards. Yeah, but there's definitely more of a uh, street shopping versus mall shopping. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the city, which is really interesting. I like going to the malls for the nostalgia of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I kind of want to go to Guilford Mall. Yeah. Like these, what it looks like in there. Every, I feel like a lot of people who grew up in the suburbs have that, that nostalgic mall that they want to go back to just to experience again. You know what I mean? Is there a Guilford Mall too? Yes, for sure. Definitely. 100%. Yeah. That and Bella's Fair in the States. Ah, Bella's Fair. <laughs> Old Country Buffet. Yeah. And get the Sparrow's Pizza. And get a Cinnabon. Yeah, go to the Sam Club, buy your single <laughs> yeah. on the CD. I mean, go to Hot Topic. <laughs> <laughs> buy a Hello Kitty in punk rock clothing. <laughs> yeah, a couple bracelets with yeah. spikes on them. For yeah. Sure. But anyways, another tangent that we went off there, but just, yeah, movie theaters, they're they are back. And I think they're pretty comfortable because not a lot of people are watching movies right now. Yeah. You just got to choose the right time, I guess. I went to that new one. I think I mentioned it last time, the Marine Gateway one. Mm, it right. like reclines back it's yeah. clean it's nice Primo seats. yeah yeah totally i'd be curious to know when movie theaters actually start like going back to a more normal pace because i think a lot of movies are starting to get released now too so i think that's going to draw an even larger crowd right like yeah there's a new avengers movie coming out the the chinese one shang chi yeah so represent but yeah i think um well once the passport thing comes into effect yeah on this 13th It'll be then, interesting to see like how that looks, how it gets rolled out, and like what the what the response is to it, and like how people kind of adapt to that. I think they're just gonna be like, "What? It's September 13th. It's bumping in here, and it'll just be jam packed." Yeah, it'll be like Silver City on Hot Ticket Tuesday <laughs> oh at my Guilford God. Mall, Silver City, 1998. Who would have thunk it? But yeah. I already heard that like like the interior, like Kelowna, they're already they're already raging against it, and they're saying they're not gonna abide by it, and they're gonna like like not follow it and all this stuff so that's what i'm kind of wondering about is once this actually comes into the fact which is i think september 13th yeah what the what the backlash is going to be in regards to it and how many people yeah it. so i saw there's a facebook group and it's yeah. kind of big now i think it's like seventy five thousand members in yeah. it and it's for like bc businesses against the health passport got it yeah. And they're basically these businesses that are letting you know like i don't just discriminate yeah um, so come on in. For and sure. I looked at the Vancouver one. And I was like, okay, so real estate, this yeah. photographer, <laughs> couple of restaurants yeah. serving waffles. Right. So it's like a small group in Vancouver so far. Anyway. Yeah. I think this is so unpredictable now too that like a lot can change in a week, right? I mean. That's well, true. Whole... We got wearing masks again. Yeah, exactly. Like that was for a hot minute. But I think, it's, yeah. Anyways, I... COVID, COVID, COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just that was like a hot topic. Speaking yeah. of other hot topics, exactly. Uh, so it's like that wildfire. Yeah. Um, the Fairy Creek thing is another thing. That's I know. Everywhere. There's just so much. It's like bad news on top of bad news on top of bad news, yeah. and then like you're hearing about how Afghanistan is just like. Uh, yeah. Um, and the it's whole hard Taliban. To watch. Yeah. yeah, it's and today like Kabul was bombed. Yeah. It's just it's scary times right now. You know what I mean and. I don't, I, I don't feel educated enough to talk about it, but what I will say is that the U.S. is responsible for the situation that Afghanistan is in. It's like, before I was like, I thought that maybe it was good that they kind of got out of it because then they're just not fucking around with things, but they fucked it up so much. Yeah, that they can't. Yeah, that they're, they're responsible for cleaning up and they're not, right? I mean, they're, they're flying people out of Afghanistan and they said they're going to take like, I think Canada's pledged like they're going to take like 
was it 70,000 people, refugees from Afghanistan? Yeah. And same with the U.S., but it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm also not very educated, but no. it does, like, invoke these feelings in you, especially when you see, like, children being thrown. Yeah. Um, up on the border yeah, yeah, yeah. or that fence yeah. trying to get them over exactly it's i don't know it's and try not to listen to the news all the time because it's like, i know they, yeah it's so hyper hyper um exaggerated not exaggerated but just like it's hyper focused all the time and you hear it every hour on the hour like i said before so like this other thing that i heard today on the news was um i can i think like south america like there's this aquifer on like the farms that all these South Americans were farming off of. Do you know what aquifer is? I know. Essentially, it's like just a water stream underground where farmers used to get water to like water their, their okay, crops. Aquifer? Like aquifer. F-E-R? F-E-R? I think it's F-I-R. Okay. A-Q-U-F-I-R. Don't call me that. I'm wrong. Okay. Anyways, this aquifer has been around for so long. It's a natural thing, right? It's just like it's normal for water to be like underground and use a lot of farms. A lot of small farms build around these aquifers, right? Okay. And this one gigantic aquifer that has been sustaining this entire South American area has dried up and they don't know what happened. And it's because all these mega corporation farms have actually started building around or have situated around these small South American farms. And they actually dug deeper and they used up all the water. <gasps> Get out. And these farms are like for nuts and stuff. So like cashews and almonds and stuff. So it's saying how like almonds use up so much water that what had happened was all these almond all these almond corporations have set up shop in those areas and just sucked the aquifer dry. Oh my gosh. So now all these farms are like, we have no water now. So they're <laughs> essentially not farms anymore. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, oh my God. So that's another thing that I need to like be mindful of is like, don't buy almonds, don't buy almond milk because unless they're sustainably yeah. sourced. So have you watched The Good Place yet? No, it's so, on my... Yeah, okay, so there's it, yeah. a character there who thinks the reason why... Um, like one of his conflicts, I don't want to ruin it, okay. is um, almond milk. Like yeah. he knows what the the repercussions to like the people yeah. and to the environment of almond milk. Yeah. But yet he had consumed it. Yeah. So anyways, that's just like a side note. What do you mean? So he thinks that that's why he's going to hell? Yeah. Uh, but I kind of ruined it now. So yeah. That's okay. Part. So spoiler alert. Got it. Uh, yeah. So he went to hell for that? No, no, no. It was just like something he could have a done, that, like oh. something he did bad. He's got like it. a philosopher. Got it, got it, got it. So then, yeah, it was like something he was thinking about. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> yeah, anyways, it's hard <laughs> yeah. not to feel guilty about those kinds of things. You know, it's like when you hear these things and you're like, I'm contributing to this. So I don't drink all milk anymore because I heard that it's actually like a huge drain on water and like it's not good for the environment. So I switched to oat milk now, which is a lot more sustainable. But yeah, I don't know. And but then oat milk kills children. So <laughs> does it? No, it doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, like oh another God. thing, because um, th- like a philosophical a philosophy. Yeah. Um, dilemma is now like, what makes something morally good to yeah. eat? Like your tomatoes, where are they coming from? But now you have to think about like, where's the seeds coming from? Yeah, exactly. How are those harvested? Well, yeah, exactly. Even like cotton alone is a huge controversial yeah. topic right now. So it's like, should we be even wearing cotton? Like, what are we wearing now? I know. And I think, it, it, yeah, I just, I get so overwhelmed sometimes with thinking about these things that I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know what to do anymore. Like I have like decision anxiety, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I feel like, yeah. If it's not one thing, it's the other. And I just. Because our choices have consequence. Huge, or yeah. There's like a, a ripple effect. Totally. Exactly. What we make our decisions on. I know. And 
Yeah. So this electricity, we should be using candlelight right now. <laughs> exactly. It's like, we're, I don't know. Is it a first world problem? Well, it is a first world problem, but it's been affecting people in third world, second world yeah, countries. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so our long. first world problems are impacting people in second, third world. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, I... <laughs> I don't know. So this is our last podcast. We've been using too much electricity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Between your computer, microphone, the speaker, yeah. our phones. Our lights. Our lights. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, I just, Your that, prunes, that... do you think those those just dry themselves? <laughs> no, exactly. It's a prune drying machine. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't know. It's like the more knowledge we have about these things, then the more like transparency there is to things, the more anxiety Knowledge is power, though. Knowledge is power, for sure. So if I can make a better decision on something, I have, I definitely will. But it's just, it's hard not to feel overwhelmed in these days and times when everything is just burning or like <laughs> drying up or dying like or blowing up. fire. Hell on earth right now. Anyways, I'm going right. to stop being a negative Nancy. Yeah, Nancy. Um, just food for thought for everybody that if you can make, you know, better choices, please do so. The Boy Scouts rule, right? Leave the world a better place or leave it better than you found it. Exactly. So that's a good motto to have. Okay. Let's uh, start tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I just had almond milk and I have almonds at home. So I'll eat them. I know. (laughs) I'll eat them and feel guilty about it. Yeah. But then my body's like, yay, it's protein, right? Yeah, exactly. Protein. I need it. Okay. Well, anyways, I don't want to bring this podcast episode down because i now you have to change your description from like comedy (laughs) podcast to negative nancy podcast yeah so i have a little way to turn this frown upside down i'm sure you must be really thrilled but i think last week the vancouver aquarium is finally open yeah but here's the bad news about that so i've had a few friends go now yeah and they went on all different times of days different days of the week okay one was on the weekend, which you already know it's going to be super busy, and it was super busy. Yeah. One went at like 10 o'clock in the morning, right when they opened. Yeah. Also busy, but the next group and the following groups, it was super busy. Yeah. People weren't wearing masks, and they were like shoulder to shoulder in some areas. And then another friend, she went on a Friday right. at 2 o'clock. Yeah. Super busy. Well, I think it's just, it's hype right now, right? Like, they just opened up. Of it's course, true, it's but be there's no, trash. like, no one's following the protocol. Like, well, some people are. There's no one really distancing. But the thing is... Some those, are wearing masks. Those protocols just only recently got reinstated again. So when the aquarium opened up, those protocols probably were already not... It was recommended, but Everything it wasn't... Everything was recommended. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you give people an inch, they're going to take a mile. So you can't be surprised if people weren't wearing masks when it was only recommended. Yeah, I'm just going to wait. I haven't gone yet. I'll wait till like the kids are back at school. Totally. And it dies down a bit. Yeah, Yeah, totally. But anyways, negative Nancy. (laughs) (laughs) I told you we're changing it now. As everything you say, I'm just going to twist it to something Nancy would say. No, but yeah, it's exciting that Vancouver Crimes open because I know that was one of your favorite things. And what happens with your membership, your yearly membership? Oh, so I guess it gets extended. Oh, nice. So I think, um, I don't know, I haven't checked, but I would assume like another year. Yeah. Well, you must be thrilled that the aquarium's back opening. It's like one one new thing that you can do now, right? So Yeah. Plus they have um, a new, like now the movie theater is open there. Yeah, yeah. And it's like a 4D experience about octopus. Oh, fun. Oh my God. I know. (laughs) So the one thing my friend was saying is like one of the 4D experiences, like um, 
there's like a crab walking and then your chair has like pricks on your back. Oh. So she was there with her kid and all, like all the kids are freaking out <laughs> yeah, in there. I can imagine. <laughs> so you get the burst of air in your face, maybe a little mist because yeah. you get the underwater, but then the prickling thing, like kids were losing of their mind. That would terrify me if you weren't expecting it. Yeah. And there's no warning either. Yeah. Just like, what the, what the, and then like, well, screaming. Well, like you know chaos. what that means? We got to take Issa there. <laughs> we got to scar her. Well, we got to find other ways to ruin her life. Now she'll we? never want to sit in a theater. Yeah. <laughs> or watch another uh, Sea World or Sea Life documentary ever again. But I know she loves octopuses, so. She does. Octopussies. Octo- <laughs> Octopi. Octopi. I, think it's, I don't think there's a correct way. I think you can say octopuses. Okay, I'm going to say that when we go. <laughs> Look at the octopuses! And she's all like, oh, hey, teacher, I saw some octopuses. <laughs> like what we need to write a note to your mom yeah so that's a fun fact right there that the vancouver aquarium is open so those who live in vancouver hit it up because yeah or metro vancouver you can drive good luck getting in at least yeah and also watch out for coyotes while you're there too because they will eat you yeah i told you negative nancy (laughs) spread it around uh yeah because they've attacked poor people yeah what's going on with the coyotes though like not a lot of people know about the situation in like where Vancouver Aquarium is, where is it? Like, oh yeah, happening? so yeah, I thought we talked about it last um, episode. I don't know. No, but... maybe not. But anyways, there's been a huge like spike in um, coyote attacks <laughs> on people in and Stanley Park. In Stanley Park, yes, and it's just like even at the Vancouver Aquarium area, yeah, like, a child, a two year old was attacked by. Yeah a coyote people are jogging and dogs are being attacked yeah yeah um so they've culled a few of them right i think like a dozen or half a dozen that's a lot Um, yeah and then they close these like they close stanley park at night well i think also for the wildfires yeah one of the kids that got attacked they were there at night that's how that kid got attacked yeah so another one these people were picnicking yeah like what are you doing picnicking at night i don't know so there's a theory. This woman, she studies like the nature yeah. of coyotes. And right. her theory is these coyotes are high. They might have gotten a stash into like someone's like camp. Nut. Yeah. So they could be high on these drugs. Yeah. Because a lot of like crackheads live in there. Right? Yeah. That's, sorry, that's not the correct term, but like drug, yeah, drug I mean, addicts. <laughs> yeah. Drug addicts or like. Oh, I didn't know that. So that's her theory, which sounds crazy, but it could make sense. Yeah. Because it's the first time you've seen these kind of attacks. Right. Totally. It's so um, weird. Also f- this frequent. But and also th- they're fearless. Do you think it's also because of, in fact that like COVID, so everybody's outdoors and everybody's just like exploring nature. and No, because summer, it was kind of the same. Everyone's yeah, out true. there. Yeah. And they're... that's actually been going on for a while though the coyote attacks but i feel like they've increased like quite so yeah so now. this year it's like no one's ever seen such yeah so they're all high yeah i was listening to the radio and they were saying too that like coyotes uh strategically multiply like they they reproduce when they're when they're when their uh pack is under threat oh so they're <laughs> just like yo we gotta yeah we gotta up our it's like war now like we gotta Make some more troops. It's like, Sally, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sally. <laughs> Get on your back. <laughs> I'll make this one quick. Yeah, exactly. This is for our pride. <laughs> Megan, you free? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, that's crazy then. Because there's a lot. They don't know how many are in the yeah. forest. I don't even know what I would do if I was like being stalked by a coyote. So you, I was asking Coleman. Yeah. And his advice was so bad. Like, you're not supposed to do it. You're not supposed to run away. No. So you have to yeah. stay. It's like if like it was a bear. A bear. Yeah. yeah. And then just make a lot of noise. That's and what I thought. try to scream. Yeah. Like you want a, like a high-pitched sound, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
which I can, I've never in my whole entire life been able to scream like oh. scary movie girl scream. Yeah. And I just, it's, ah, like I don't have it in me well, to do it. Yeah, it'll come out if you fucking run into a coyote though. That's for oh, sure. Oh, maybe. Like even in scary movies, I'm always like, oh. Hey, that's <laughs> like, so <it's> loud. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's what just supposed to do. Well, there you go. Survival tips from Jess. Yeah. <laughs> coyote survival tips. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> There you just go. saved your life. <laughs> Thanks for saving our lives. You're welcome. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what else? I think that's that's kind of like the Vancouver happening yeah, <laughs> situation. I, I, well, besides like you know the regular real estate, yeah, yeah. Uh, unemployment, yeah. Uh, drug overdose, right. well, injection sites. I mean, anyways, peonies open. <laughs> <laughs> the peonies open. So yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm probably not gonna go. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't, it doesn't really seem appealing to me this year. Yeah. Last year wasn't either because it was like a drive-by, but now it's not that. A drive-through? drive-by. You know, it's changing. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, I don't know. What would I be missing out on? Rides Uh, make me sick. The mini donuts? You can get mini donuts anywhere now. The deep fried Mars bars? The deep fried Super dogs, maybe. Yeah, super dogs. (laughs) The lumberjack show. Hubba hubba. (laughs) (laughs) No. I mean, it is fun. It's a fun thing to do when you have absolutely nothing else to do, but I don't think you're missing much. You end up feeling like shit anyways, because all you're eating is just garbage food. True. So but you Lisa's like at that age where she can ride the rides. Yeah. Actually, I don't even know if she's tall enough to ride the so. rides. Not all of them. The kids' rides, at least. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like we covered a bit of you know, hot topics in Vancouver. Hot topics. Well, I have one that is that was kickstarted by a Vancouver restaurant. Um and it kind of had me thinking about just the whole craze of it all. But there's a restaurant in Chinatown called Barbara. It's like a small restaurant, but kind of trendy and like a lot of it's it's getting a lot of buzz right now. And what every, do they serve there? It's kind of like, I don't know, West Coast food, like white man's food, I guess. Okay. So nothing. It's like Pacific Northwest. So like fresh ingredients, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, um, on August 25th, they posted something on their Instagram talking about um, specifically people who... Uh, come to the restaurant and they take pictures of the food and they take videos and the video they vlog it and all that stuff oh, okay yeah anyway so i just want to kind of summarize really quickly what they talked about um so they said hey everyone recently we've been seeing herring speaking with a few people who are upset at being asked to limit their time taking photos or videos of their food when they come to dine with us we would like to take this opportunity to address this with you as diners or potential diners um yada 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 they say um any commotion movement of furniture and or flash can be and is likely an annoyance to other fellow patrons who are trying to enjoy their meal. Um, they also said that um, when they serve the food, they want it to be hot. They want it to be uh, they want it to be like hot and fresh and eaten soon after it's being served to you. And they said when people take 5, 10, 15 minutes trying to get the shot, your food is likely cold by then and not as enjoyable. And therefore, your experience of the food is not that it's not the greatest, right? Makes it's sense. not ideal. Yeah. Um, and then they say, uh, we understand that people may think that, that because they are paying customers, they can do what they like. However, it doesn't condone respect to the chef, fellow diners, order the food we take the time to meticulously prepare. Anyone who has worked in customer service or the service industry understands that money does not equate to the right to be disrespectful. Um, so anyways, what they said was like, um, because the place is always packed, people like... There's there's walk-in and as well as reservations. The reservations are always full, but they also save tables for like walk-ins. Yeah. So if you're taking an extra ten to fifteen minutes to take a picture of everything or video log it or get the perfect shot, 
then you're just you're reducing the amount of people that can come in and experience what the restaurant has to offer yeah um that makes sense yeah the flip side is well we're in the age of social media and people are this is what the norm is now you know you you document your experiences you post it and you share it and in turn that gives your restaurant more traction and exposure to other people who may not have known your restaurant does that make sense yeah it's like um it's like advertisement Yeah. yeah so i remember when this was first happened when when like posting or taking pictures of your food was first happening maybe like five ten years ago i remember when i was doing it the table beside me like loudly said i hate it when people do that and he said shut up bitch <laughs> yeah exactly i got instagram i gotta get my likes and followers yeah but like what is your take on it i get it yeah i think we're I, constantly on our phones anyway like why can't we take this moment to, to enjoy the, the food totally be yeah in the moment exactly like i can see it being annoying like you know the um, coleman watches him all the time mark ween do you know he's on youtube he does he's like a food vlogger too got it. yeah um, he brings his phone and eats and he talks about it. And yeah. it's so annoying. Like the show itself, he's like annoying. Yeah. But I can imagine being another patron at the restaurant and seeing like, this fried chicken. Oh, it's so crispy. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. I can't wait to dip it. Totally. But if you were a restaurant, okay, like playing devil's advocate here, but if you were a restaurant owner and you wanted to get the name of your restaurant out so you can get more foot traffic and this Mark Ween guy comes in and says, and starts videotaping himself eating your food knowing that he's like an influencer a social media celebrity wouldn't you be like pleased about that um i don't know sometimes like why wouldn't you want the food to speak for itself totally i hear you but if people don't don't need mark ween (laughs) that's true it could be word of mouth yeah exactly but your word of mouth is through social media though right but like people don't talk anymore i guess not i'd have to be so dependent on that I know, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying that what the... the yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm also asking yeah. <laughs> you too. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely against it. Like, I hate, I hate like, these influencers trying to, like, promote... Not promote, but just, like, document everything so that other people... For clout, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't like that. I get it. Um, I see the benefit of it, though, if there's a huge influencer. Like, a good example is uh, Lucky's Donuts. Not Lucky's Donuts. Um, Lee's. Lee's Donuts on Granville Seth Island. Rogan. That place only became popular because Seth Rogen and Dave Chang were eating there. And Wait, they, is that they, only? No, they've been around for like they've been around forever, but twenty billion years. True, but they're only as busy as they are now because of uh, Ugly Delicious or whatever that one that show was called. You think? I think so, hundred percent. Like before, you there was never lineups around the corner at Lee's prior to that documentary. It's true. I never lined up before. Yeah, and now you have to line up all the time. That goes outside a fucking Granville island market yeah it has its own entrance now so yeah okay maybe yeah so there is benefits and there is like obviously cons to it but i okay but like okay fine uh influencer like mark weens who's actually got like a following yeah a massive as opposed to joe blow 69 on instagram who's like yeah eat this food like yeah i don't think you can weigh them equal no totally yeah exactly and i think i think true like I was reading some of the comments after they posted that. Yeah. And some food photographers are like, yeah, I definitely think that's a very disrespectful thing. If you're taking up restaurant space to take a picture for yourself for a your social media account, they said that's not the right way to go about it. Um, another uh, another video 
blogger influencer i know he actually asks them before he comes into the restaurant if he can actually do this See, that makes more sense yeah and there's certain times where you should do that not during the peak of the rush hour yeah you know trying to get that perfect shot of you with the food or you know what i mean trying it's to like, document it yeah at 7 p.m on a friday night and then it kind of had me thinking like there really isn't a lot of education or like um just discussion on like social media etiquette you know what okay I mean? But that blogger who went and asked first, like, yeah. he kind of gets it. Yeah, exactly. He's but, been around long enough maybe to know. But not not that many people are savvy to those, like, or just aware of etiquette in general, right? Like, I don't know. It just, it just had me thinking, like, Vancouver has a pretty, like, it's a growing food scene that's happening here, right? And obviously, like, everybody's an influencer. So, like... Everybody's in, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, like, so what, totally. is, what is the, what is, what is the evolution of this going to look like? You know what I mean? Um, everybody's a food blogger you know everybody wants like the influencer kind of hookups of being a food blogger you know what I mean and there's been a lot of like random things not random but like things going around where like influencers demand like free food and this and that so they can post on their web on their social media accounts and stuff like that and it's just yeah I've thought about traveling like they want their accommodations looking for it in exchange of like a post yeah or something like that yeah so it's just interesting how these new transactions with social media are occurring. And it had me thinking, like, what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable? But I'm glad that, like, at least a restaurant has stood up and said, we yeah. won't stand for this and don't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, I think more people should do that. Yeah. In fact, if you want to go somewhere, pay for it. Exactly. Totally. I mean, I, I don't know how many of those people that, that were at Barbara were actually taking photos and expecting free, like, meals out of it. But it's just, like... It's interesting that I want to bring up because we're in a digital age right now yeah. and people need to kind of step up and figure out like what is proper etiquette. You know. What so I mean? where did you see that? I saw it on their Instagrams because I follow them. Okay, so you follow them. Did you yeah. follow them because you saw someone post something about their food? Like how did you know of them? I walked by and then... Okay. Yeah, that's how I discovered them. But I do discover restaurants through social media though, for sure. Like I'm not going to say that social media doesn't, but I don't really follow a lot of influencers so much as like like food websites or food kind of blogs that talk about new and upcoming restaurants. You Do you know, know any like Vancouver influencers? What mm-hmm. is, what would Vancouver? Influ- I think there are anyone? some, but I don't know any personally now, but there are some for sure. Yeah. I, I have no idea. I'm so like disconnected from that. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I want to branch off of that to my main topic. That was just like a funny thing. Okay. That yeah. That's your side. That was kind of like my, my lead in to the true topic um, that I had, which was, a post that um, CBC posted in regards to pandemic, uh, the pandemic situation with restaurants and how tipping is now something that's going to be expected um, among customers, essentially. So um, let me just kind of... Yeah, I don't like that when they pass me the the payment machine yeah. and it's it's already got the 15, starts at 15 or starts at 18 sometimes and then it's like other. Yeah, totally. I hear you. So the summary of the article is saying that restaurateurs and industry experts say hospitality workers need higher tips to offset their losses during the pandemic and are asking customers to help out. With the dual challenges of a labor shortage and increasing food costs, CBC food columnist Shiva Reddy says the minimum tip should be at least 18% in BC, even for takeout. Shut up. If the customers have a good or astounding experience, she says 20% and beyond is ideal. For, I'm just picking <laughs> up a bag. Yeah. But they're saying, okay, so go, kind of branching off what you said about how you don't like how they pass you the machine that starts at 15. Yeah. I've seen restaurants that start at 20 
Get the fuck out. So I'm just like... And are and you I'm, picking up? And I'm picking up sometimes. I don't tip in those situations. It depends. If it's a restaurant that I want to sustain and keep going, but it should be my option on how yeah, much I tip. Your choice. Yeah, Your exactly. wallet, your choice. 100%. So anyways... Rude. Um, that's rude. On takeout too? Yeah. Uh, so then they kind of... Uh, this Shiva Reddy CBC food columnist also says... People who are working incredibly hard, who are still not making a livable wage, livable wage, um, we're still putting so many, so much of the resources toward making this meal per. Oh, so she's saying like, yeah, um, like the reason why we should tip beyond that is because people are working incredibly hard and they're still not making a livable wage. Um, uh, and but yet because of the limits, people they're putting so much more of the resource into making this meal perfect for you. Um, but my 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 kind of flip side to that is. Why is it on the customer's like yeah. dime to make sure that you're living a making a livable wage? Shouldn't it be the restaurant owner that's ensuring that you're getting paid a livable Plus, wage? Because how do you know I'm, I'm living a livable yeah, wage? Yeah, exactly. Just need it's, to eat a meal, man. So I guess in their perspective is like, well, if you can afford it, then you should show your appreciation for it. <laughs> you're such a joke. Do they give you an example of the restaurant they're talking about? No, they. Oh, well, yeah, they they said a few. They, they, they did to? actually. Um, uh, but I know. Uh, sorry. The Mackenzie Room was one of them. So, like, this was from, like, a uh, a, a group, a restaurant group that agrees with it is uh, one that owns, like, the Mackenzie Room. Um, okay, I want to see who the owner find is it. of the Mackenzie Room. That's off my list. Okay, I can't find. Oh, like, Gringo um, was one of them. Yeah, anyway, so a few of the restaurants have said that. But my, like, my whole thing going back to it is, like, why isn't the restaurant paying their staff a livable wage Rather than saying, we'll pay you an unlivable wage, but your customers will make up for it. Yeah, so don't worry about it. Yeah. We started the tip thing at 20%. Exactly. And the thing is, um, I have heard that a lot of restaurants do, this is pretty normal, that restaurants will pay you below minimum wage because they're expecting that you'll make, like, say, $2, additional $2 on the hour from tips. But then... My friend who's a server also said that if you get a dine and dash, that gets that 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 dine and dash meal gets garnished from your tips. So that's on you. Yeah, so okay, it's on so you. So the person who owns Mackenzie Room, they're yeah. part of a group. So yeah. they're like seven other restaurants. Right. One, two, six other restaurants. List them all. Okay, so the Mackenzie Room, Say Mercy, B Side, Collective Goods. They do something called the Staff Meal Initiative. I think that's separate. Yeah. Uh, this one's coming soon. Collective hospitality. Yeah. So it's just like a group restaurant. Like, yeah. I yeah. mean, th- we're not saying that like... Yeah. No, I, I don't know how much they're making too. No. Maybe they're struggling too. Yeah. But they're opening a whole bunch of totally. other businesses. So it doesn't look good on your end. Pay totally. your employees a living wage then. If yeah, that's totally. that's the issue. So just to kind of... Uh, just kind of adding more to the, from this article, they said that the industry has lost an estimated 40,000 workers over the past 16 months in BC. Um, uh, this executive director of nine to not nine to five named Hassel Avilas. It's a Toronto based organization says that pandemic has highlighted the need to abolish tips and create a more equitable work environment, which I agree with Hassel Hassel agrees tips can go a long way, but she argues the ultimate goal should be to abolish tips and create a more equitable work environment prioritizing fair pay but she acknowledges that won't be an easy or quick change what we're talking about is providing a livable wage for folks she said um which i totally agree with um because i went to a restaurant in victoria and one thing that i thought was really cool with them is on their menu and also when you pay the bill they say 
we don't tipping is not a requirement at our restaurant we pay all our staff a, a fair livable wage that includes like a tip percentage that they would have normally gone oh. if you were tipping what restaurant but is this it's called agrius agrius okay. uh, it's in downtown victoria but then they said if you do think if you did appreciate the service that we offered then you're more than welcome to tip but we don't expect it and that's how tipping should be yes. but it's a very north it's a very american thing that has now influenced canada where tipping is mandatory for every service that you do yeah i feel the pressures of that too totally like i ordered um bubble tea that I was just going to pick up yeah. and there was like a tipping option yeah and I did it yeah. 10% though yeah I mean like that's the thing right it's like this whole I think what really irked me about this article was the fact that they're saying no you now need to tip at least 18% for everything because the restaurant industry is suffering but it's just like but what if I don't want to tip 18% what if I don't have 18% yeah. to tip then all what? I can afford is this yeah. takeout meal then I'm a shitty person yeah you know what I mean um and then on top of that, they're saying, like, now they're saying it's mandatory that you tip on takeout. So just one last part of this article that I thought was really interesting was uh, from this server named Michaela Edwards. Um, she says that a lack of tipping on takeout orders particularly hit kitchen staff who are still doing the same amount of work to meet food orders. If somebody orders takeout, we still tip the kitchen out. So if we're not getting tips, that kind of comes up from us. Obviously, if it's a small order, it's not a lot of money. But the stamp's like okay, that's still not on the customers. Yeah, exactly. Too. I think that's the thing. It's like why like build it into the cost of the food. Then don't make it the responsibility of the customer to feel like they need to tip just so that you can make a livable wage. Yeah, no, that's fucked up. Yeah, like it's only in the U.S. and Canada that the tipping is such a, a it's like it's it's a demand. Yeah, rather than expected. a privilege. You know what I mean? Like you go to Asia, you go to Europe. Tipping is a weird thing, you know what I mean? Either they bake it into the cost, yeah. or it's an automatic add to your bill at certain restaurants. You know what I mean? But it should never be like, here's here's the bill, you need to tip, and you need to tip. You should tip at least this much to be a good citizen, yeah. or to make sure that I'm making a livable wage. I think that is what is really fucked up. That is fucked up. I don't like feeling that pressure either. No, totally. And I feel pressure all the time, even with takeout. It's just like, what is the right thing to tip? And like, what isn't, like... I get it that the tip gets sorted out to the kitchen staff too. So like, even though a server isn't serving me, there is a chef that had made my food and they deserve a little extra. But you know, it's just like, does he deserve a little extra? <laughs> I mean, it's a sur- yeah, that's the thing. It's like, would you think that the food, uh, the price of the food would have, would have taken that into consideration. Yeah. But now they're saying it doesn't take that into consideration. But I'm not. From now on, if it's a takeout situation, yeah. I'm not going to tip. Yeah. Or like... If, if nothing extra is being offered to me where I feel like I could give them something extra. Yeah, totally. I think like if you feel like you want to support a business and you are okay with the tip, then tip like definitely. But I think what's hard is that even if you have shitty service or you don't like what happened when you got to that restaurant you're guilted into tipping because yeah. it's the norm. And I think that's what I don't think is cool. So what did they say about hair salons? Because <laughs> I tipped at the hair salon and I hate my haircut. But did you enjoy your interactions with the hairstylist? Um, yeah. Yeah, so... I, I did, but that's... Okay, so I go to a Japanese hair salon. Our yeah. interaction is minimal because yeah. of the language barrier. Yeah. I paid extra for the head massage, yeah. head treatment thing. Right. That was dope. Yeah. Um, and then I showed her a picture. Same picture I showed her the last time I saw her. Yeah. The second time now, she like harsh made it shorter. Yeah. And it was nothing like the photo. Yeah. 
but I still said I liked it. That's another thing. It's <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's my bad. I know yeah. for sure. But you can't say it's already dead. Yeah. But. And then I tipped her. It was yeah. 15%. And like a woman's haircut's not that cheap either. No, for sure. And I think you got to boil it down to like, not just the actual product or service that you're getting, right? So the actual product and the service is obviously the haircut, right? Yeah. And that you paid for that because a haircut costs this much money, right? Yeah. The tip is for the experience that you're paying for. I know you're saying, okay, the, the experience was shitty, but did they say give you a good scalp massage or did they give you good I shampoo? I paid extra for the. You paid extra for the service, but did you like, but did you pay extra for your tip is covering the experience of that service? So the experience of the service, always excellent. There you go. I have to say. Okay, okay, okay. But I hate my haircut. Yeah. It's so, it's like so short. I showed you. Yeah. But this is, so if you, are you going to go back a third time? No, I'm going to pick a different style. I like the salon. I like them. They have good vibes in there. Yeah. Um, Every time I've gone, like the energy is great in there. Yeah. Yeah. But I won't go to her. Yeah. Or if you do go to her, I think that's the thing, right? Like, it's your responsibility to be transparent and honest and clear on what you want. You know what I mean? Is a picture not clear enough? It could be no. not. Well, clearly not because she didn't give you the haircut that no, you wanted. she didn't. Right? Oh, it's so... So, like, the other day when we went to um, your cousin's daughter's yeah. birthday, yeah. like, I didn't know what to do. So, like, my hair is not, like, dead straight. Yeah. And there's, like, some crazy um areas so i had to do a blowout which i've never really i don't really do so i started using the blow dryer and like the curling brush yeah. and do you know um johnny depp in the charlie in the chocolate factory yeah. <laughs> that you, was what it was you did not look like well i had to straighten it out after and then i had to get the other brush i had to use a curling iron to get that flip yeah. to like straighten out and then i put like serum in there what i will say really oily is that Maybe I'm being sexist here, but I feel like I've never met a, a female, a lady, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, um, who has liked their haircut. I liked it in January. <laughs> Did you ask me in January 2021? I really liked it then. But was it the same haircut? Yeah, it was the same picture, same lady. Yeah. Same, I paid extra for the scalp massage. But you can't, re- you can't expect her to remember how she did it in January versus, what, July? Yeah. That's seven months. Yeah, but then it's the picture. Yeah, but... It, she worked off the picture the first time. <laughs> she could work off the picture off the yeah, second time. It, things have changed. Maybe her perception has changed. You know what I mean? Like, maybe tons of girls that came with that picture and they wanted it. Okay, maybe. <laughs> the Charlie the Chocolate Factory one. <laughs> <laughs> Are you familiar with Johnny Depp? Yeah, that's the one. Regardless, I think if you do go again, just tell her last time it was too short and I didn't like it. Yeah, no, I will tell her. She's very nice. Yeah. I she mean, always wants to chat. But If you know. you're a good stylist, you'll be open to hearing what your client's feedback is. So like, you don't do the same yeah. thing again. She so doesn't want to lose you as a client. No, that's true. So when I saw her, I think, did I mention this before? Like, I spoke up before. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. she gave me, like, the longest <laughs> head massage. Yeah. And then, yeah, I smoked up for an acupuncture appointment, <laughs> and it was, like, the opposite experience. It was, yeah. like, the worst experience of my life. You gotta choose your battles. Yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you gotta do something relaxing. You think acupuncture is relaxing. Yeah, but, but not anyways, when yeah. you're high. Not when you're high, and there's needles all over your body. <laughs> exactly. Was, like, I so would awful. not smoke up for that. I, no, I don't know what I was thinking. Maybe it would for, like, a massage. Yeah, that would be better, I think. Yeah. Not an RT though, because that would be painful. But if you're going for like a hot stove massage. Oh yeah, maybe. Which sounds really nice. I think I may want to try that. Okay, well that was my topic. Very restaurant industry focused and just social etiquettes. Kind of having us relook at that. Um, what about you? Is there anything you want to go over? Uh, yeah, I did have a topic. Let's talk about um, it. And it, 
kind of touches on uh, etiquette as well. Yeah, let's hear it. So this one is um, an article I saw. It's one that was reposted again by today's parent. Um, it's called Why the Way We Teach Kids About Table Manners is Actually Kind of Racist. Okay. Um, Interesting. So they had to change the title because the author, she's um, she's based out of Toronto. She's an author, chef, uh, TED Talk. Uh, she has her own podcast too, but she was getting harassed. So initially it was called Why the Way We Teach Kids Table Manners is Actually a Bit Racist. Yeah. And they changed it to We Need to Rethink the Way We Teach Kids Table Manners. Right. Okay. Um, so the gist of it is, uh, she's talks about, um, how she learned how to eat food using her hands. So right. her, she, she's Southeast Asian okay. descent. It's pretty common. Um, and then, so she was like, the message that eating food with your hands is unmannered is dripping with control and shame of colonization. Oh, and 100%. we need to rethink our idea of good manners. Yeah. Um, which I think is true. And yeah. I, I'll quickly go through it. So she talks about how her father taught her and her siblings how to eat roti with their hands. Yeah. So it's like you tear a piece of yeah. roti with one hand yeah. and how you wrap it around a medium-sized mouthful of food. Yeah. Big enough to be efficient, small enough not to land on your shirt. Yeah. And then you kind of work it around and you kind of use your your thumb to like yeah, catapult sh- it Yeah, like in. shovel it in. Yeah. Yeah. So then she learned to do that with not just roti, but then it's like rice yeah. and vegetables right. and meat. And it's kind of like you mash it up. Yeah. Into like a little ball. Little ball. And then you... Like a snowball. Yeah. 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 You lock it. You kind of toss it in your mouth. Totally. Um, and then she grew up in Canada. And yeah. like a lot of people with Indian, Indian descent also eat the same. Like my family also eat... Yeah. I didn't realize that. I just learned that. that way too. Yeah. I learned that recently watching like a video of Bretman Rock eating and they were eating with their hands. Like, oh, I didn't know that. In the Filipino culture, like eating with your hands is also a thing. Yeah. But anyways. We, we call it like, uh, I think, I don't know if he called it kamut. Yeah. You just, that's kind of like Got the it. description the of it. of it. Yeah. So um, she was saying in this article and she stressed on how her parents, her father would also teach her like proper etiquette, how to use utensils. Yeah. When the proper time to use yeah. um, your hands, like eating a sandwich. Right. Uh, yeah. And then when you have to use a fork and knife, like right. for chicken yeah. or steak or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so these are things that she knew growing up, but then there were times where you would eat with your hands and yeah. it was still appropriate. Right. So she was talking to a friend of hers and her friend's niece, um, she goes to a priest, a prestigious preschool and she was eating rice with her hands at lunchtime. And the feedback her parents received was that the, ch- the child needed work on her t- table manners and to use proper cutlery. Oh my God. Yes, yeah, so this like enraged her. Yeah. Because again, dripping in colonization. Yeah. Um, it's dangerous in like an educational context. Yeah, totally. Um, and then it suggests that the child who eats with their hands has no manners. And it echoes like European colonization. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so that's, what I was that's if you want to read further, that's kind yeah. of like where it talks about like if you eat with your hands, you're uncivilized. Yeah, exactly. If you're you, barbarian. Yeah. Exactly. And then this is the proper way yeah, to eat. So it's very like yeah. black and white. 100%. And um, I just remember, like, my friend's boyfriend at the time, I was, like, in my early 20s. She's Filipino. He's white. Okay. And he would be like, oh, I met him. This is the first time I met him. He's like, oh, don't tell me you eat with a spoon and fork like like her, too. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's how we eat at home. Yeah. It's all like, what happened to your knives? It's like, you know, sometimes oh, you can God. just cut it with a fork. And they're like, oh, here, do you yeah. need a knife? And like, you just joke around, like bring a knife out. Yeah. And like, it's like these kind of like 
it's oh yeah it's, he's white did i yeah. mention he was white yeah. okay good but it's like this kind of like fucked up mentality that the western civilization or the european civilization yeah. is superior than all other kind of civilizations and therefore the way they do it is the right way which is like so fucked up it is so fucked up yeah so then going on in this article like the biggest takeaways are um that she wants people to think about how we eat yeah and how it's okay with our hands sometimes and not with yeah and, and then with cutlery the other um, and then this should start with children. Yeah, like definitely. Educating our kids. Um, so her book that she wrote is um, called Take Back the Tray. Take Back the Tray. Yes. Okay, Revolutioning it. food in hospital schools and other institutions. So it's about reforming institutional food. Yeah, totally. Uh, so that's like introducing different cuisines. Yeah. And like, you know, obviously a lot of people in the Western world use chopsticks. Yeah, yeah. These are things we can adapt. So it's like, it's possible we can adapt to yeah, like exactly. understand we can eat with our hands. Totally. Um, so I just thought it was an interesting article. No, I think that's amazing. Um, article. Yeah, and it's also like, like I think when that teacher kind of called out that kid for eating rice with their hands or whatever, I think it's more, it's, that's just, a, that's just like the, the surface of what she's trying to get at. You know what I mean? Because kids eat with their hands, like chicken fingers, French fries, yeah, veggies and dip. Those mm-hmm. are like appropriate. Yeah, but the moment you see rice, you can't eat it with your hands. Like that's kind of discrim. That's food discrimination. That is don't total you think? food discrimination. So another thing she's mentioning about etiquette, it's yeah. like um, in Europe, you can eat asparagus with your hands, and that's like an actual like rule. Rule, like yeah. you're allowed. This is yeah. your exemption is asparagus only. So like, that's a for real thing. Thank God that isn't a thing here. I feel like, yeah, like I grew up with chopsticks. Yeah. Um, like, Not, I grew yeah. up with chopsticks, Cutlery, too. Cutlery, just in yeah. general. But, like, recently I've been, like, really into, like, more ethnic foods. Like, um, like Indian food, uh, Ethiopian food, where it's very, like, hand-centric. And yeah. there is something really satisfying of eating with your hands. I think um, the food tastes better. I think it she does. even mentioned it, too. Yeah, and I've been really enjoying it recently, where I'm just like, yeah, like, every time I order Indian food, I don't use knife, I don't use, like, forks and spoons anymore. I literally just use my hands and eat it. And it's... It's good. It's yeah, it so- is. It's something really satisfying about it. So there's one meal I love eating um, is like this smoked fish dish in the Philippines. Okay. Like the fish itself, it's called toyo. It gets it's like a salty smoked fish. Yeah. But it's very bony. Is it dry? It's dry. Okay, I think I've seen that before. And then you dip it. Oh my God, I'm salivating. You <laughs> dip it with like a, a vinegar kind of sauce. Yeah, yeah. And you mix that all around, but like the combination of like a little bit of vinegar and a bit salty, sweet, salty, yeah. yeah, this the fish, yeah, and then you shoving that in your yeah. mouth, like it's just like a little yeah. nug, yeah, and then you throw it in your mouth, totally. But it's like because of this, imagine having to use a fork, spoon, knife to try to get all the yeah. bones out, exactly. Like you need to use your hands for I something like that, hundred percent, yeah. No, oh my I- god, I want it. <laughs> Someone feed me that. No, I love it. Yeah, like. I'm I'm only just recently starting to learn how to use my hands to eat more. I think it's such a there's such an art to it that I want to learn how to do it. Yeah. Like, especially cuz like I love food and I'm a foodie like I really want to kind of embrace all different ways. Like a fork and spoon is a really great way to eat food too by the yeah. way. <laughs> no, cuz uh you're shoving everything yeah, on the spoon. Exactly, it's great. So, I don't know. Embrace the techniques of the world of eating. Yeah, it's good. Hands, yeah, fork and spoon. Exactly. Sometimes knife. Yeah. I, I don't discriminate against <laughs> cutlery. Just use it all or don't use any. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right. Well, on that note of food, should we go into some sweet and sour? Yes. Or sour and sweets? I've got some. Let's hear. Uh, they're actual sweets. Okay. So um, 
I guess since the last time we talked, I've kind of hit up like a few bubble tea places. Yeah. And there's like a top three list okay, that I have. So um, one close to you is Boba Red. You like Boba Red. Yeah. yeah. Did you like it? I like it. It's like, it's very beautiful to yeah. look at. It's like, it's definitely one of those places where like a lot of like social media influencers go to. Okay. Yeah. I liked it. I like the fact that they had oat milk as an option. Like they had non-dairy uh, dairy as yeah. an option. Um, the flavor is really good. It tasted really good. I wasn't too thrilled about the price of it. Oh yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Yeah, but I kind of like expect that from bubble tea now. It's like six dollars and up. I guess yeah. I guess it depends on where you go. Like the nicer places are definitely you're paying a premium for them. Yeah. For sure. Okay, so Boba Ren. Boba Ren. Um, Cha Yuan is on. That's like a recent discovery. Oh. Because the uh, the hours were kind of weird and. Now I finally like. Where is it? It's on Pacific Street in Yaletown. Oh, I don't think I've ever been to this. Um, one. it's pretty good. Like if you just want like a sure thing, so yeah. it's like your brown sugar milk yeah. tea or your just like original milk tea. Yeah. Like though, it's I haven't like ventured past that. Yeah, I'm all about like the classics. Yeah, elevated. You want yeah. the sure thing? These are the places, and they make their own grass jelly. Oh, nice! I love so, grass jelly. Oh, so good. And then this one's on Fraser, um, Boba Monster. Okay. So good. Like, we went there, we had one, and we're like, okay. Then we had one, and then I was like, we're going to get a second one. I was like, yes! <laughs> we must get a second one. What's good about it, though? Uh, it's, it's just, the portion is, like, regular portion. It's just good. It's just good. Like, the tapioca is, or the pearls are chewy. Yeah. They're soft and chewy. Okay. Yeah. So those three. So you got Boba Run. Boba Run. You got Cha Yuan. Yep. And, and you got Boba Monster. Yeah. All right. For a sure thing for like an a, like a classic yeah go to the one in Yaletown. yeah i find so that good. i feel like there's now a resurgence of bubble tea i remember before in the early 2000s it was like the thing to do yeah and get now sticker it's back. pictures yeah. and then you get your bubble tea but now it's like back in a more elevated premium way you know what i mean you got the fancy oh, what? okay i'm gonna add one more yeah. and this is kind of like an honorary mention sure. is the one at metrotown it's like little tuck- tea house no it's like tucked away i don't know the name of it but it's near the tnt there Oh, interesting. And they do like a trifecta one and it's got like grass jelly tapioca and then like mini oh, tapioca. Oh Jeez. my God. I'm like, sorry guys, drooling a lot today. But... Well, since we're on the topic of bubble tea, I will yeah. say there's a new bubble tea place that opened up. So you remember Cha Time, right? Yeah. They opened a new place called Cha Time Atelier, which is like a fancy, they're, they're fancier bubble teas. But yeah. the, the gimmick that they have is that their bubble tea cup is divided in two. So you can get two flavors in one cup. That's segmented. Okay, so, doing it. But there's lineups all the time there now. Like, that's, like, the place to go to. So, anyways. The nice thing I like about Cha Time is, like, you can get, like, the supersized <laughs> bubble tea. Yeah. I never do it. No, that's but I always No, but I always regret it. I'm <laughs> drinking my bubble tea in, like, maybe max six minutes. Yeah, you down that pretty quick. Yeah, sure. I just can't stop. Yeah. And then, like, sometimes I share with Issa, too, so she has some. But, like, I do want... The twelve dollar bubble tea. The twelve dollars. You should try. Go big or go home. Just for once. I should do it. Um, Okay, so now another thing with bubble tea, like you've had the bubble tea ice cream on a stick, right? (laughs) The brown sugar. Brown sugar. (laughs) And there's like boba in it. Yeah, yeah. So good. So (laughs) if you can't get to a bubble tea place, like hit up what you said TNT. Yeah. Sun Given also has it. Exactly. You can get them at most grocery Asian Asian grocery grocery stores. Okay. Perfect, because it's like four in a box. Yeah. It's, it's kind of expensive, though. It's like six bucks, eight bucks a box. That's like this equivalent to a bubble tea. <laughs> so you true. don't flinch at a bubble tea yeah, that's true. at that price. When you're getting but four popsicles. Four. <laughs> it's like, God four forbid. <laughs> like, yikes. Oh. Um, okay, well, okay, kind of branching off really quickly. 
kind of a sour, kind of like a meh meh was your recommendation last what? time about frozen Tim Tams. Yeah, frozen So Tim I finally Tams. bit the bullet and did it, and I saw you posted on yeah, Instagram, I did, which is great. One of them was for me, one of them was from you. Yeah. Um, they're good, don't get me wrong, but you described them as ice cream sandwiches. I know, then I took it back. I listened to the podcast again, I was just like, ah, kind of. It's not an ice cream sandwich. No, it's, it's literally not. like a frozen chocolate cookie. Yeah, but a delicious frozen cookie. Still good, don't get me wrong, but yeah. I think I had so much hype in them because I love ice cream sandwiches. Yes. That when I had it, I was like, oh, it's kind of underwhelming. But still good. So if you haven't tried it yet, please give a shot. Like if you like if you like throwing your chocolate bars in the freezer and then eating them when they're frozen, then you'll love the Tim Tams. I don't feel like that's the same experience though. Like I'm which just... chocolate bar are you talking about? Well, some people like, oh, if you throw your Reese's Pieces or your Coffee Crisp in the freezer, it's so good. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. No, I've but, had coffee crisps in the freezer. Yeah. This is different. Uh, you get more I don't know about that. <laughs> double, you get more of everything in it. You get more chocolate on the yeah. outside, chocolate in the inside. Well, if our listeners okay, try yeah, this, try weigh it. in. Weigh in and send Says us the a guy message. who likes the dried <laughs> olives over here <laughs> with the dangerous... Hey, you're being racist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your old man Chinese snacks. All right. Yeah. So that was, I guess I wouldn't consider that a sour because they were still good. Um, yeah, I'm done mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a pack of mine. Yeah, I eat like two a day, four a day. Yeah. One a day, whatever. One a day, two, four a day. <laughs> Fair enough. They're delicious. Okay. Um, what is my sweet? I would say right now my sweet is a YouTube channel that I've recently discovered. It's called, um, uh, I can't it's called Psychology in Seattle or Seattle Psychology. It's with this uh, psychologist named Kirk Honda. Um, but what he does is he watches reality shows. Okay. And then he like psychoanalyzes all the scenes. So like, uh, for example, you watch couples therapy, right? Yeah. Um, so he actually, psycho- he was psychoanalyzing some couples on couples therapy. Oh, which one? Uh, the he- Jewish one? Uh, no, not the Jewish one. So he did. So from season one, he did the um, married couple who's been married for like twenty one years. The really rude guy. Uh, yeah, the rude guy. Yeah, They're like the name. older couple. Not older per se. They're kind of young. He's like they look Spanish, kind of South American. But Do they, they have kids? Yeah, they have kids. You when you say old, they're not old though. I they're think like you're forty of, plus. They're like maybe forties, but anyways. And who stood up in one of the sessions and was like playing with a clock? Or yeah, something. yeah, that guy. Yeah. They're not old. They're like four. They have like, like a fifteen-year-old yeah, kid. When you, when you say, okay, but hello, like how 40. old are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. I think. Okay, we're anyways, old. we're Regardless. talking about the same one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. Semantics. Irregardless. Irregardless. Um, it. It's really cool because, like, even though like there is a couples therapist in that session. He's kind of like saying, okay, well, I would approach it this way. and But he also said, I, I, like, trust me, like, this is just all from watching the show. And I know that editing can have a huge influence on how yeah. things show up. But he'll be like, okay. He'll say something and be like, okay, and then he'll pause and be like, well, I would approach like this if I was her. And this is how I would ask him about certain things that he was saying. And then he would play it. And then she would actually say those things. He's like, okay, yeah, so we're on the same page. Yeah. Anyway, so like he does, he does, he does tons of reality shows. He does like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Does he do New Jersey? I don't know if he did New Jersey. I haven't watched them, but there's so many. But he does like 90 Day Fiance. Okay, I'm, I'm on. Yeah. Any of your recommendations, especially like show ends, I'm like so turned on by them. Yeah, and I don't watch all these reality. The only thing I've watched on there was Couples Therapy. But I never watched these reality shows, but it's so insightful to hear him talk about these things because when he breaks it down from a psychologist's point of view i can actually relate to some of the issues that these people are going through you know what i mean it's like oh it helps me it helps me understand 
the ticks that I have or like the weird like anxiety things that I go through. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's really really interesting. So if you are what's bored, his name? Uh, it's called his name is Kirk Honda, and I like think Honda like the car. Yeah, like the car and. His, his show is called, I think, Psychology in Seattle. So he's based in Seattle. He's okay. I'm sure if I find Kirk Honda. Highly recommend it. If you're into that kind of thing, if you're into like, just, I don't know, psych, psychology and just learning yeah. about how people work and just the mind and stuff. It's, it's so really, it's, yeah, I'm hooked on it. All right. Well, um, I don't have any sours. Do you have any sours? Uh, no. I think we laid all the our sours right sour in the beginning of this podcast. Moment. Uh, yeah, so there's nothing left to do but yeah. to uh, sing us out. You actually have something written today? I did because oh, wow. uh, <laughs> I listened to the other it. one and it was so painful, <laughs> so very painful. Well, sing us out then. That was episode 53. Hope you laughed so hard you slapped your knee. Oh. oh. <laughs> Yeah, till the next time, be kind and sexy friend, because this is now the end. I like that. Yeah, kind of short. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to put a lot of pressure oh. at the end of that one. I see you didn't have to rhyme with 53 this time. <laughs> no. Friend and end. Well, yeah. that works. I love it. Thank you so much. All right. Well, that was episode 53. Yes. Remember, please rate and review us on iTunes. Five stars only, please. Um, follow us on Instagram at yellowpackaging604. And as always, you can listen to us wherever and whenever you get your podcasts. Until next time when summer's over. <sighs> yeah, that's... Death for us, so bitch and moan when we get through that episode. Until next time. Until next time. See ya. Take care. Bye bye.